Welcome to episode 154. Today, Dr. Andrea Hungensfeld and Dr. Maria G. Dove share success stories of teacher collaboration from around the world from their new book. Welcome to the Teaching Multilingual Learners podcast. This podcast celebrates teachers who answer the calling to serve multilingual students and their families. Your beautiful smile, your beautiful life are waiting for you to shine bright. It's never too early or late to start to rise up and shine. Your beautiful smile, your beautiful life are waiting for you to shine bright. It's never too early or late to start to rise up and shine. I used to have one idea of co-teaching. It involved me sitting in the back and waiting to support students. One day, I walked into class, and on that particular day, the learning support teacher was there. But she wasn't sitting in the back of the room. She had a small group of students with her, and not all of the students in that group were learning support. The content teacher was in another group of students. The rest of the students were in their small groups working diligently. I was amazed that facilitating small group instruction could be one form of teacher collaboration. That moment changed my co-teaching practice entirely. In Dr. Hongensfeld and Dr. Dove's newest book, they will share stories just like this. As you read their book, it's like walking into different co-teaching classrooms and seeing how co-teaching can be successful. Now, on to today's podcast. I am so excited to have both Dr. Maria Dove and Dr. Andrew Huggensville back on the podcast for the fourth time because they are the most frequent guest experts on the podcast. This time, we'll be talking and celebrating their highly uh, anticipated and uh, highly well-received book called Portraits of Collaboration, Educators working together to support multilingual learners. Dr. Maria Dove and Dr. Andrew Huggensfeld, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Tan. And thank you for having us back and have this very special opportunity to celebrate this unique publication indeed. Thanks. Uh, You both are like book factories. You produce so many books and people just love them. You now have a library, basically uh, like a... Dr. Maria Angie, uh, a Dove and Hungensfeld Library of Resources. Um, so uh, tell us about the seed for this book. Well, we are going to take you back to the pre-pandemic times. I think a lot of origin stories go back there, where we had this dream to showcase practitioners whom we knew or knew of doing amazing work with collaboration and co-teaching, not necessarily co-teaching, but definitely collaboration in support of multilingual learners. And I told Maria that we should work on an edited volume again, but not a scholarly edited volume, which we have done many of, but a practitioner-oriented volume. And of course, Maria and I are always in sync. So what did you say, Maria? (laughs) Of course, yes. Interestingly (laughs) enough, we had tackled the topic of portraits of collaboration many times in 
keynote addresses as well as workshops and showcasing um, many people who we knew who were um, going about the, um, the task of collaborating and co-teaching. We often like to tell stories about how you know, uh, nothing important that ever happened happened with just one individual doing it, that there's always a team involved. So sharing these stories and the power of stories are, are so very vital when we are trying to convey new ideas and new information to people. And sometimes our workshop participants or conference attendees said, well, this is really nice in theory. And we have to stop them. They're like, no, 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 it is no longer a theory. It has not been a theory for the longest time. It has been a successful practice. So we felt very strongly that we need to allow those practitioners who are actually in the classrooms from kindergartens through high school, across multiple grade levels, geographically all over the country and internationally, and elevate their voice. They have a voice already. Many of the contributing authors to this volume are already bloggers, nationally, internationally known presenters, but we wanted to bring all of them together into one volume. And that was just such an exciting process to do so. And you were part of it, Tan. So we hope that you will also allow your listeners to hear your perspective, how that invitation and participation felt like from your perspective. We also value the practitioner's voice because Andrea and I just had not been researchers, but we were also practitioners a few years back where we engaged in the process of collaboration with our teaching partners and co-teaching. So I love the format of this book because it really addresses the um the why and the how it, it's almost like your other books your, your co you have three other books about co-teaching and co-planning and teacher collaboration yet this one is like the the thing that shows teachers that it's possible that you have principles you can look at the other three books for principles and practices but you brought the narrative side of it you brought something to life to say you know what in this context you can do it in that context too you can do that and you have all these stories to share it and so that it almost lays down people's uh, worries to say you know what they can do it of course they can do it but i can't in my context because but of all your stories you really show people that no regardless of the context it is possible to have dynamic teacher collaboration and these are actually the stories of our contributors like yourself you brought your tremendous expertise your experience and you so graciously shared with us and with the readers what it looked like in your own context to initiate, then to maintain and to polish and often work through some challenges and difficulties to be successful with collaboration. So we're also going to reverse interview you, Tan, and just please share with us just, just the whole experience that we reached out to you. We needed a chapter from you. And how did it go for you to work with your wonderful co-author, Sarah Bauer? Just a, a little bit so that the readers, or the listeners can also hear your story. Well, Sarah and I came in the very unique position where uh, we came to the school at the same time. So we were new to the cohort. Uh, so we bonded initially right away of like, hey, did you get a house yet? Have you gotten a motorbike? Like, how are you traveling? So we bonded as friends right away um, going through a new school. And then we were on the same team together, which was 
also mm-hmm. like serendipitous. But the best part about this, uh, our relationship was that this, my role was new to the school because every single grade now, when the time I arrived, had a dedicated language specialist. And so the team never had someone who was there for them the whole time. Uh, and so they were trying to figure out what to do, try to um, uh, integrate me into the team, integrate the role into the team. And so we had lots of like, we, the, the title of our book is like, um, uh, well, the title of the chapter is, the metaphor that we use is um, like a plot of land. And we, we're saying like, it's empty. We're so lucky that it's empty that we get now to build on it. But every single team member on the team had to then build on that land because the land is not going to grow itself. There's, a structure is not going to grow itself just from that land. We have to find our own tools, we, we're our expertise, and we have to collaborate to, to uh, cultivate that land and to build that structure together. And what we appreciate about your chapter and about all the chapters is that everybody brought a different angle. Mm-hmm. So when we are... Um, Maria and I set out to create and compile a volume that will enrich the reader's understanding. It just happened. It was meant to be that you all had such rich experiences, but everybody had something else to offer. So your story of starting a relationship, building that relationship, attending to the land that you're cultivating together was, was very metaphoric and beautifully written. So we so appreciated your contribution. Before we go into two more chapters, would you talk to us about the main principles that you wanted to uh, highlight through these stories? Well, interestingly enough, the chapters uh, just organically grew to um, really parallel the research that Uh, we knew uh, that we had gathered in our other volumes as well. The idea how co-planning time and the uh, process of co-planning was really key to success. How um, the actual collaborative partners in their work had that sustained professional development that was so critical. How there was um, an integration of language and content in teaching, as well as that co-teaching, um, the co-teachers or, or collaborators had parity and compatibility and relationship building, which really parallels your chapter, as well as there is a process that occurs for collaboration and decision-making. So we were so thrilled that the the actual accounts, these authentic stories, really um, can you know highlight and 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 showcase what we know is in the research. We also looked beyond the research on collaboration, teacher partnerships, language and content integration, and we found Brene Brown's work very inspiring. In one of her publications, she actually defined connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. And that was so beautiful. In each of these chapters, we saw that the co-authors or the authors of the chapter um, feel seen, heard, and valued by their colleagues or the entire school community, and how ultimately the students benefit from it. It's all about the kids. 
that was yet another essential guiding principle in putting this volume together, selecting the chapters, organizing it. And we must give the Seidlitz team a huge shout out because we had an amazing support team, John Seidlitz, Anna Matisse, and Meg White, the three member team being there, supporting us all along the way, and then producing this unbelievably beautiful final volume. They were uh, so lucky to have you as um, contributors because they, because uh, I work with them as well. But when they talked about uh, writing, they wanted a book about collaboration. And of course, they thought about you two first as you were both the leading gurus on collaboration for multilingual learners from the very start. So let's talk about two of the chapters and uh, what you want to share from two of the chapters uh, from the stories. Well, it would be very hard to just talk about two chapters, but we're very happy that we got the bonus chapter. You shared a little bit about yours. And I think uh, maybe I will pick one and Maria, you will pick another one. Okay. Why don't you go first? All right. So, so the one that, well, they all are standouts. But one that I happened to um, really, I was very excited to have this, this team on board was the Ready, Set, Co-Teaching team because they are so prolific on, on Twitter and they are such a valuable team in getting you know, authentic information out to people who want to uh, engage in collaboration and co-teaching. So we were very excited to have this team on board. And they shared in their chapter, the six elements of, of effective collaboration. You know, the first being that to share, to share data with one another, to share information is so very critical to the success of collaborative uh, conversations. And the next one is communicate, uh, to make sure that you have uh, open channels of communication, that you have a process for communication, that you're making sure that everyone has uh, the opportunity to, to share their information in a way that is um, consistent and, uh, and, and regular. The next one is to integrate and in integration they they talk about the strengths that they bring to the collaborative team and how they combine their expertise uh, to increase their their impact for for their students the fourth one is cooperate and they also it's cooperate and collaborate in in, in the same um, point of an element. They, um, they talk about what ways they can expand uh, their collaboration uh, practices to include other professionals. So they just don't stay as, you know, the three of them who do it all. They want to make sure they, they gather other people in, uh, into their team for their expertise. The fifth one is reflect. So reflect and they reflect together, which is interesting since we often talk about reflecting on our own and reflecting as, as a team. So really uh, identifying what results they're seeing, what, you know, really having conversations about their impact as well as um, 
what they like to call their their uh, glows and their grows <laughs> you know so what what is glowing about about their practice as well as what they need to improve upon and the last one is adjust so making adjustments along the way is so very critical so once you have the uh, the data once you have reflected once you have you know um, engaged in all other five elements now what are you going to do with that information when I look at the list, I wrote it down, share data, communicate, integrate, cooperate, and collaborate, reflect and adjust. I can't help but think about your um, the collaborative instructional cycle that you shared in the earlier book. It really, you could just take all these six and put them all in those four phases. And it's like, yes, it, co-teaching is, teacher collaboration is not just co-teaching. It's really co-planning, co-reflecting, co-assessing, and it, there's a phase to that. And then it moves between that. And so uh, the fact that they shared that and the fact that you highlight that in the story really highlights that to move away from the idea that co-teaching is only way of collaboration. And I was just going to say we love when people either take our work and make it their own or when we see a parallel between our work and other people's work. You know, because it just, again, I keep using the word authentic, but it really makes it real for your people who are you know, the practitioners in the field. That's very interesting, Maria, that you chose the first chapter to highlight. And I'd like to choose the last chapter, chapter nine to highlight, which is entitled Return to Better Post-Pandemic Collaboration Practices. And it was co-authored by Christina Robertson, Maria and myself. And the reason why I wanted to highlight this chapter because this chapter wasn't even supposed to happen. This book was supposed to be published in the summer of 2020. And we were about to enter the production process in January, February of 2020. And I think we'll forever remember what happened in January, February, 2020, where the world has changed as we know it. And we just could not bring the book to our readers in the middle of a global crisis. It just was not what was needed at that time. So, Fortunately, unfortunately, this book had to be put on hold, and that gave us a little bit of an opportunity to reach back out to all of our contributing authors and bring their voices into one chapter, which was not something that we intended originally. The book was supposed to end with chapter eight and not go into chapter nine. But as you remember, Tan, we reached out to you as well. And we wanted to check in with everybody. How are you doing? How are you getting through this global crisis? But at the same time, are there any forms of collaboration and integrated instruction that might continue? And what does that really look like? We were, of course, deeply concerned about everyone, your well-being, your, your health, just also how you manage your daily responsibilities, how you're supporting your students remotely and how guidelines have changed for ser serving multilingual learners and other often marginalized communities. So we were really concerned about equitable access to high quality instruction. And as you know, we sent out a survey with four questions and we wanted to see what success, if any, during the pandemic um, related to collaboration has emerged. And we just got some amazing, amazing responses. And it was wonderful to reconnect with everyone. And that's what the final chapter does. 
brings all those voices, all those experiences together. And Christina Robertson, who is a prolific contributor to Coloring Colorado and our doctoral student at uh, Molloy University became our co-author. So we added one more author to our wonderful lineup of um, contributing chapter authors. And what was the like the thread, the red thread that that ran through that chapter nine of like post-pandemic collaboration? Well, an important finding that we had was that in times of crisis, um, relying on each other, supporting in each other, um, learning pandemic pedagogy together, and understanding the urgency of collaborating. Uh, became just just a non-negotiable. Collaboration is a must. It's not a choice. So going back to um, all the chapters globally, um, what as you read them? Because we didn't get a chance to read them at, as a as co-authors, but I'm so excited to see them all put together. So what was like the the common theme between that, that tied all these different chapters together, all these different voices and different contexts? I think one common theme that Maria and I have often talked about is ownership. If you were to ask us, where did we see the best kind of collaboration? We couldn't pinpoint a geographical region or a particular team, but we would say where people truly own, they develop professional ownership of their practice, which means that each practice is unique. So you see that if you when you read through all the chapters, that's starting with the Ready, Set, Co-Teach team with chapter one, and then pushing the boundaries of collaboration with Carmen and Brittany's chapter, then switching over to coaching and uh, consult, collaborate, coach being the subtitle of building teacher capacity to support multilingual learners by Lindsay and Jane. Each chapter bringing a new angle, but as, as well as a new type of ownership of this practice. Jackie and Stephanie talk about authentic co-assessment. We're so fortunate, I can't help emphasizing that, that as we got the um, initial drafts, the one-way, then the three-way proposals, then the full chapters, we saw that everybody's taking a different angle, but everybody truly owns and believes in their practice. Katie wrote to us about um, cultivating collaboration with multiple teams. Michelle about amplifying student and teacher voice with technology. So we could also see everybody's expertise shining through that people spoke from that um, perspective of understanding, but also practicing what they are writing and talking about. Then comes your chapter with Sarah, relationship building. Valentina brings us a unique perspective on cultivating collaborative practices with reluctant teachers. We didn't want to shy away from that topic either, because we know that the reality is not everybody's ready to jump into collaboration right away. So as you could see, as I'm very quickly in a broad brush way painting um, a fun picture of this book, that everybody had their expertise and their ownership shining through the pages of the book. And this was so very important to us when, when this book came together, because Andrew and I have been stating for years that our work is not scripted. It's not, it's not prescriptive. If we don't say, you know, follow A, B, and C, and you'll be collaborating appropriately or successfully. 
it was always our intention to offer our readers through through our, our publications the idea that here are seeds uh, for your practice make it your own because when you have that ownership when you have a truly uh, connection to what it is that you're doing it is it is amazing how your practice and your your outcomes are truly uh, effective so we were very excited to see that each of these chapters reflected in some way our idea of uh, make it your own and and in the fact that when we these these stories share that when you make it your own you could be successful and you're showing teachers that hey you don't have to uh, you don't have to follow a prescribed program. Co-teaching collaboration, what you're sharing are principles. There, there's no prescribed program, and so teachers can feel relieved to say, look, it is possible. Look at all these different contexts in which it is possible. In particular, when I share with teachers about collaborating, they always say, well, what, what if my teacher's reluctant? Would you mm -hmm. highlight more about that with Valentina's chapter? She actually created an absolutely wonderful infographic or sketch note about it and it, as you know in each chapter we talk about the context in which we have to understand the particular ch chapter content takes place and what high impact practices or strategies are recommended so her top three recommendations are to build trust to learn alongside one another and to be patient this does not happen over time, but the more specific high impact strategies that she highlights in her chapter include planning for success, talking less and listening more, aiming for parity that both teachers or members of the team have equitable participation in the process, bearing the spotlight rather than trying to dominate. And finally, believing in inclusion and promoting inclusion. So she has a beautiful chapter in which she tells stories and with a very authentic voice of how her collaboration and her um, partnership building did not start easy either. So when we hear that from all of us, that collaboration doesn't just find us, we have to work towards these relationships. It's very affirming for teachers who are reluctant to get started. She also talks about reframing teaching practices. And that's that wonderful infographic that you had mentioned earlier, Andrea, where uh, teachers have to shift their thinking from, well, collaboration is adding work to actually reducing their workload when you collaborate. The idea of, you know, there are my students and your students, so there's separate groups of students, but the shift to it's our students. We're gonna talk always about, you know, students being, um, you know, connected to all of us. The I plan to we plan. The I evaluate to we evaluate, as well as my responsibilities to our responsibilities. So really having that development of a shift in mindset is so very critical uh, when dealing with the reluctant uh, collaborator. Right. And what I love about Valentina is that she's so real, like real, real. She says in her chapter things like walk away from gossip, keep out of negative conversations, 
share only instructional practices and carefully consider what you say and how you sp speak about your students. So it's just very accessible, very meaningful, and every chapter has a similar tone. We wanted to make sure that these are practitioner voices, practitioners talking or writing to practitioners. So there are tons of immediate takeaways and very authentic um, presentation of ideas. I was going to say that this chapter is, is important for teachers who are shifting schools, uh, who are involved in new school cultures, and for you know teachers who who might be um, just starting in the field to uh, how to deal with uh, maybe reluctant uh, collaborators, as as well as veteran teachers who um, are in the position where they maybe never had to collaborate before and now they are put in a position where their administrators are asking them to do so. so. Or in addition to uh, being a new person joining an old team. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. So, yeah. You yeah. And if I could just have one more quote from Valentina, because I just love this sentence and any one of the authors could have said this and every one of us contributing to this volume embraced the same notion. This is what Valentina says. I began to see challenges as opportunities to take a step back, analyze the circumstances and learn about colleagues, students, teaching and learning. That's just a beautiful quote. I think uh, one of my shifts in teaching practice has been like uh, my, my mantra used to be like, how can we, uh, how can, how can I make my co-teacher do what I want, right? And that was such a horrible framework uh, approach to it. Now I say like, I let go of the outcome and we co-create co together. When I, when I collaborate, I let go of what I want them to do. And I say, what can we do together? And it's just, it's, that mind shift shift is so different. I also appreciated your book because as I wrote the chapters, you're, it's not just about like inspiring teachers you actually provide uh, a section called like high impact strategies in every single chapter. The, you, you wrap it around a narrative, the, the principles are wrapped within a narrative, but at the, in every single chapter, there are real tangible things that teachers can do to develop dynamic co-teaching relationships. And so it's not just a, a, like a yoo-hoo, like yay, yay, uh, uh, kumbuya book, but it's like, no, there are actually strategies that align to the research. Well, I think these impact strategies came from these uh, teacher teams reflecting on their own practice and um, giving our readers the uh, actual concrete, um, you know, um, points to take away from their own practice. So we're really thrilled to to have that included in these chapters. And you know, when you work on an edited volume like this, there has to be something that is. Um, that is going to provide continuity to the reader from chapter to chapter. And of course, the common theme was one such continuity. Everybody was writing and sharing about collaboration. But the other feature of the book is that there are recurring uh, segments. Every chapter begins with a snapshot so that the readers immediately understand the context. Then we have a section called setting the stage so that readers can go a little bit deeper into understanding what the chapter is going to be about. The blueprint for success 
is something that's often very brief just for the readers to see. So what am I supposed to be doing? How is this going to work? What is that overarching framework or frame of reference that the readers could glean immediately from the chapter? And then we get to what um, you and Maria were discussing on these high impact strategies, the nitty gritty portion of the chapters, the how to do um, segment of the chapter. And I, I know that there are lots of lots of unique features, summary charts, QR codes. Readers can watch short videos and see what this really looks like. But one other highlight of each chapter is a segment that we call student success stories. And sometimes, of course, these are also teacher success stories so that we make sure that we uh, highlight positive impact on student learning. So these fact practices are documented successes and each chapter ends with a conclusion and um, any additional resources that you might find helpful as a reader, very, very short list of references or further resources. And again, a huge shout out to the Sidelitz team because we collaborated about collaboration with them and we co-created this outline for each chapter with them. And the outline gives those different uh, voices, that continuity that says, oh, wait, uh, so I can look for the context. I can look for the setting the stage. I can look for the blueprint. But um, there's a commonality between that. So you mentioned earlier, Maria, about administrators. Even though all of these teachers are contributing authors or petitioners or consultants, but we haven't really heard about um, Administrators, what can we uh, share with administrators who are listening on how to support uh, uh, teacher collaboration? Well, I, I think number one is to give teachers the time to collaborate and also the tools. You know, some teacher teams are willing to collaborate outside of the school day, but they also need time to uh, actually process the whole idea of collaboration and how they're going to go about doing that. And that, that has to be done during school time. They really need the time and the support of administration. It can't be a, well, a secondary item. It has to be a, a, a priority. Um, but administrators make it a priority when they see collaboration as the, the number one essential element that really supports the positive uh, positive student outcomes, then that allows teachers to, um, to make it a priority for themselves as well. Because sometimes it almost seems like certain co-teaching teams are, or certain collaborative teams are sneaking around. <laughs> you know, it's like, like there's, there's this, there's this uh, secret we have that, that we collaborate and because and, it might not be part of the, the greatest school culture. Um, and that's how, you know, in fact, uh, my own collaborative uh, efforts started when I was uh, teaching that, you know, collaboration wasn't part of the, the school culture. And so we had these little pockets of, of teacher teams and it was almost like this, you know, best kept secret in the school. So, so I think um, administrators really have to set the stage that, that this is and, and really foster and, and, and help that collaboration uh, to grow 
among uh, and and fostering it in a way that uh, provides the, uh, teachers with the information that is so very critical to collaboration success. I've actually noticed that administrative support is mentioned 15 times. I did a very quick word search in our PDF file, and I noticed that throughout the book, multiple times our chapter contributing authors recognize the importance of um, collaborating with administrators as well. And administrators contribute to the successful contextual features of collaboration or the ongoing support for it, not just to launch it, but to maintain, to sustain it and to maintain it. So indeed, um, administrators could also benefit from reading this book and they have um, a significant role in several chapters. They are acknowledged and celebrated for their partnership in the process. I know that you do so much work internationally, both in the States and in Canada with teachers in schools consistently because you're the gurus of teacher collaboration. I think the seed, uh, like you have enough in the community to go write a book just for administrators, connecting to the research to say like, this is what administrators can do to support teacher collaboration. It would be like one of your uh, uh, books in the library of teacher collaboration. We've actually written a couple of books for administrators, so we're very excited to to let our readers know that there are specific publications, articles, and books, and I don't know if we could hyperlink some resources to the podcast as well. So we feel very strongly that administrative support, but leadership support, not necessarily um, school leaders, but also teacher leaders, coaches, and other members of the school community can significantly support the successful launch and implementation of collaboration and co-teaching. I, I feel like when I'm successful as a co-teacher, it's because in large part, the structures and policies that the principals and the ministers have put in place, instead of going around these policies, these policies support is the foundation of teacher collaboration, such as time, like Maria talked about. Um, before we go to our last question, is there anything that I haven't covered that you wanted to share, Maria and Andrea? Well, I think this is an opportunity for us to thank all the contributing authors to stick with us through a very grueling process. It is not easy to write a chapter, to write a book. There are multiple drafts and lots of times we come back with suggestions and it's a collaborative process. It's a, it's a creative co-construction that um, we have practiced as editors as well as contributing authors. So a huge thank you to all the chapter authors and all the readers who hopefully see that um, this book was another labor of love and so many people contributed and collaborated for the book to be born. Uh, so very grateful to our, our authors, as, as Andrea said, and those who, who may not um, have written before. You know, we wanted um, voices in the field that are engaged in the practice of collaboration as well as co-teaching to share their, their stories. And to do so, it, it was a great undertaking for some who have not uh, embarked on, on writing, you know, for publication before. So uh, we are very grateful that they stuck with it for us 
and uh, the process was, as Andrea said, a, a bit grueling at times, but we so appreciate their work. Well, working with uh, both you and Andrea, I felt so affirmed. Sarah and I both so felt so affirmed. Like you modeled for us co-teaching, collaborating, co-planning. Like it was gentle, it was supportive. It was what co-teaching really looks like, collaborating really looks like. So we, anyone would be so honored to work and contribute to your work, uh, Maria and Andrea. So let's end with this. I reserve this for only the uh, most prolific authors. Um, Oprah has uh, a thing on her, on her magazine that she says, this I know for sure. So after your multiple books that you've written, after years of really pioneering and advocating for teacher collaboration, what do you both know for sure about teacher collaboration? This I know for sure, we're not done yet. We have to continue exploring this topic because it is such an amazingly rich opportunity for educators to serve their students better, to continue to build capacity and to continue to learn and remain um, up to date with their practice and with their knowledge and understanding as well. And this I know for sure that I don't, that we'll never go back to those isolated uh, classroom, you know, as, as little silos where we work independently and not share with, with our colleagues. I think collaboration is uh, part of the fabric of, um, of education, and I think it will only grow in time. Well, as we grow in time, we know that you're going to be there to help us. You have, through all of your work, have helped us feel seen, heard, and valued. So we're so honored to continue to learn under your mentorship, both of you. Thank you, Tan. What an amazing opportunity to have this conversation with you. Early morning for us, late evening for you, as we always collaborate across multiple continents and time zones, but it's always an honor and such a pleasure to engage in this conversation. Thank you again for inviting us. We are always very grateful these, for these opportunities to, to share our work and with your audience. Before we recap this episode, I have a favor and an invitation. My favor is to ask you to please review this podcast if you found it valuable so that teachers like you become inspired and informed in their advocacy work. My invitation is for you to enroll in my scaffolding learning or teacher collaboration courses. I've taken the principles that I've learned from experts in the field. I've applied them to my classes. I kept the things that worked and I'm sharing all of them in these courses. I hope you consider enrolling. Now, onto our recap. In each chapter, there's a section called High Impact Strategies. Since relationship building is foundational to successful co-teaching, I would like to share the strategies that Sarah Bauer and I presented in our chapter. The three suggestions we offered were Identify your colleagues' values and work with these values, never against them. Identifying and building on each other's strengths. Work with what they're good at, not trying to change what they need to grow in. 
And finally, act in affirming ways to each other in every single interaction. The more we affirm our colleagues, the more they're willing to work with us. When we do these things, we win our colleagues' trust. And everything we do must work to earn and cement our colleagues' trust in us. Without trust, there's resistance. With trust, there's collaboration. Happy collaborating. Thank you for listening. I'll see you soon. Be safe and be rooted in peace. It's your turn to play Traffic Light Teaching. Tweet at me either your red, yellow, or green light from this particular episode. Your